Welcome to Leadership Life Podcast. I'm Kelly Bubolts, your reality check mixing leadership theory and practical application together that fits into our daily actions. Let's dig in. We're going to talk today about a tool that leaders like to shy away from, and it's very interesting because after 15 years of working in HR and being a leader myself, I shied away from it too, and it's the most impactful tool you can use. I firmly believe if you can utilize this tool at its 100% capacity, really effectively and constructively, you don't need to terminate someone unless there's an extreme violation of policy. And you probably guessed it by now. It's feedback. The fact that leaders shy away from feedback is just a misunderstanding of what feedback actually is, and it's just out of their comfort zone. And that's why when I work with emerging leaders and middle management, and during coaching, we practice this, is because it is weird to give people feedback. It feels weird. And when you have to give negative feedback, which we'll get into, that feels even worse. You feel like you're being critical of them. You feel like you're the bad guy. And most middle management and emerging leaders don't want to be the bad guy. They're transitioning from this tasker to manager role, and it's difficult to do that. But what I found in my leadership workshops that I attended for my own development is executives struggle with this too. And really, it's just not their normal action. So we need to break you from your comfort zone and start utilizing this impactful tool called feedback. So I want to reference a four-quadrant model. That's what basically all leadership models are, right? Four quadrants. And there's a positive and negative side of this feedback model. So in the top left quadrant, we have clean, positive feedback. So this is supportive. This is reinforcement of good. This is basically they did a good action and you're reaffirming it. That's where we are the most comfortable is great job on that presentation. I thought that was a very effective meeting. Way to go on getting that report done early. Clean, positive feedback comes easy and naturally to us because we're giving attaboys. We're praising them and we're making them feel like a job well done. Let's shift over then to to clean negative feedback. This is basically constructive feedback in which you need to start shifting performance into a more positive nature. So this could be as small as, hey, that meeting was a little chaotic. Could we send out an agenda next time or do you have any other suggestions? That's a great feedback. That report you sent over was missing a few things. I Maybe we can sit down and go over the expectations of what data is contained in that report. Again, that's clean feedback to constructively move forward. So that's actually negative feedback, but it's constructive. So we see negative as bad, poor performance, when really we're just trying to correct a behavior into what the expectation of it is. Let's move to the bottom two quadrants. So the top left quadrant is clean positive feedback. The right top quadrant is clean negative feedback or constructive feedback. The bottom two quadrants is where you don't want to be, and unfortunately, because we don't practice feedback enough, is sometimes where we end up. So the bottom left quadrant is dirty positive feedback. What this come out as is cynicism and sarcasm. In really healthy culture businesses that I've been at, they like to use sarcasm to tease each other, which is fine, but it isn't doing the effect that positive feedback should be doing if it was clean. So say we had a really good effective meeting and you want to give some feedback to the facilitator of that meeting. Clean positive feedback would, hey, that was a really impactful meeting and it stayed on track, thank you. 
dirty positive feedback would be something like, wow, you didn't let the meeting go off the rails this time. Ha ha ha. It kind of loses its attaboy effect and more of a teasing nature. Now, it certainly I don't want to get rid of all the fun in the office, but you have to be careful when you mix and match sarcasm and when it's it's too much where now people just assume you're joking about everything and they don't know if they're actually doing a good job. You're basically confusing them. Sarcasm can be confusing for some personalities. Some people get it and some people don't. They don't know if you're joking or not. So be careful with sarcasm. That's dirty, positive feedback. Let's move to the bottom right. This is the HR no-no. This is where we should never be, but unfortunately, when we don't get good at feedback, sometimes we end up in this quadrant. This is dirty, negative feedback, and it comes in the form of personal abuse. You're basically uh, a bully. You're, you're calling them out in a manner that's not constructive. It's extremely judgmental, and it has no constructive use to move them forward. It's basically abuse or harassment. So where you want to be is on the clean side, clean positive feedback where we naturally like to hang out and then also that clean negative which is going to be the constructive feedback. Now how you can be constructive and, and where we're going to dig into it today is being comfortable with the negative feedback. We like to do the Oreo sandwich which is positive feedback, put in that negative constructive feedback in there and then layer it with another positive. I will tell you from working in HR, most people are confused by this feedback. They leave the office thinking they did a great job and they won't be fixing that negative feedback item that you want them to work on. So what we want to do is if there is something to work on, we want to stay in the clean negative feedback and not sugarcoat it. And how you do that is stick to the facts. It can't be about how you want things. It can't be judgmental. It can't be, well, the way it was done before. It has to be actually factual of how they did not meet the expectations of what needed to be done. So say there was a report that needed to be done and it wasn't up to my expectations, but it didn't have the information data and layout that was fine for a presentation. That's my problem. That's not their problem. That is not a time to present negative feedback. Now, if you think that they're missing the mark, the presentation doesn't look good, that you can use it, now you have to redo the report, that is a time for negative feedback in order to not only help them grow, but keep you from doing the rework over and over and over again. Because you know, and I know, if we don't address it, it will happen again. You'll be redoing that report every time it comes in. So wouldn't it be easier if you could acknowledge the monster in the room before it became a monster when it was just one little report that needed to be addressed like so they probably don't even know they're doing something wrong so stick to the facts of the expectations positive or negative realize when it's not for your personal needs and for the expectation of the end goal now that is hard because bosses like to do it their own way especially when they came from those past positions they did it a certain way they expect their team to do that same way. Just remember there's many paths in order to get to an end goal. So to have constructive feedback we need to stick to the facts of the situation. Are they actually meeting the expectations that were put before them? And if they aren't, were the expectations clear? Did they know about the expectations? And if so, then how are you going to support them to get there? So that's the other piece of feedback is we're not going to berate people with a giant list because we're going to do it in real time. We're going to give feedback in real time so it's not three months from now and you have a laundry list of things to correct with them. You're going to do it in real time when you receive the report and say, hey, I think that 
there's some misunderstanding with the expectations of the data in this report. So can we sit down and just go through what corporate's looking for so that you don't have to redo it and we aren't spending time on, on data that's not needed? It's as simple as that. So we're not personally attacking them. We're staying away from personal abuse. We're constructively trying to meet the needs of the expectation or the outcome in whichever way they feel comfortable. So we want to stay in a timely manner when the event is observed. That's the easiest way to give feedback. The other way you want to do this is be specific. If you say, hey, that meeting was derailed and it took an hour and a half and we got nothing done. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, right? Maybe a, f a better constructive feedback would be, how did you feel that meeting went? Most likely, facilitators of meeting know when it was chaotic and nothing got done and when they didn't. So really just staying in the more of that question and curiosity mode will help constructive feedback naturally come out than pushing it on them. We want to stay descriptive and factual, but we don't want to lay out every little single detail because now you're basically doing their work. So again, what is the actual reality of the events that happened and how can you stay in that realm? than the judgmental and personal preference area. If they happen to have some responses back that are unfavorable or defensive, completely understandable. And this is the time where you're gonna listen and try to understand where they're coming from. And you're gonna stay in questions. I don't want you to try to get defensive back, create excuses, support their excuses. I want you to invite ideas and suggestions and recommendations from them because they're gonna be the ones doing the work. And when you do that, they actually own the work more so than you just telling them what to do. Now certainly if it's a new hire or someone in extreme poor performance, you might have to guide them a little bit more, but staying in questions will keep the responsibility more on their side than on your side. The other thing to notice it, between clean and dirty feedback is the impact you have on your communication. Now, most people don't understand that communication comes in all different forms, and most of them are not what we think. So let's break these three communication types down. The first one is words. This is our vocabulary and structure. The impact of our communication through words is only 7%. That means that people are only listening to 7% of the words that come out of our mouth. Wow, isn't that shocking? The second one is music. This is our speed, our tone, our pitch, our volume, the pace, our use of pauses. Music comes through at 38%. So when we're speaking, 7% is words, 38% is music that people are hearing. And the last and the big one and the surprising one is dance. This is body language gestures, facial expressions, movement, armography, what are you doing with your hands, hairography, what are you doing with your hair, showing that you're listening. Dance comes in at 55%. So the impact we have on our communication is 7% words, 38% music, 55% dance. This is crucial when you're doing one-on-one -on -one meetings with your team and you're giving feedback or performance conversations because you might be saying you're supportive. You might be saying that you think that they can turn around. You might be saying you're doing a great job, but your body language, your dance, your music might be saying something completely else. Imagine talking to your leader and they're saying how great of a job you're doing or they're saying, I'm going to help you through the correction of this performance or the correction of this report. And they're typing emails to other people while they're talking to you. How disengaged 
that conversation is. You're showing one, you don't really care about the conversation. You can't give it a couple minutes. Two, you're offering support, but you're not even being supportive in the conversation about talking about support. And then three, you're almost seeming like you're annoyed that you're a leader of them. It's almost like having a conversation with a parent and they're like completely disengaged from the conversation. What's going to happen is you're going to stop having conversations with that parent. You're going to have, you're going to stop having conversations with that leader. So what we want to provide is an environment where we're so engaged with the conversation and care about what they have to say and care of where they're going with their performance that they want to come to you when they, when they mess up, that they want to come to you when they need support. So that feedback becomes just a casual part of your conversation. Now the best tip I can give to you in feedback, now that you know what feedback clean and dirty is, is to practice it. It is so uncomfortable to give people feedback. Doesn't that sound weird? But it is. When I learned this feedback model, I was at a leadership workshop and it was international. I would say about 25% of the people had English as their first language. Everyone else had English as their second or third language. I did not know anyone there besides like two other people. And during this four-day leadership workshop, we had to practice feedback. I think we had a certain number of positive and negative feedback we had to give, trying to stay in the clean side of it. You don't know these people. I don't know enough about them. And it was so uncomfortable to give feedback, even positive feedback, because you don't know them. It's just uncomfortable to come out and say that. So we did an activity, and I remember it was someone from Malaysia, and we did an activity, and he had some really good ideas, and prior to that, he's been fairly quiet. So I, I mentioned to him, I said, hey, thanks for contributing to that last activity. I thought your ideas were really impactful. Just saying that, even though it's positive and supportive and enlightening, saying that to a stranger was really difficult. I was super nervous. I was going through in my head what I'm going to say to him because it was our homework, but then after I did it two more times to other people, it became kind of like a second nature thing. Once again, you address that monster under the bed and realize it's not really a monster. It's just something different than what you said before. It was quite amazing what happened. More and more people started giving feedback back to me. More and more times I saw opportunities to give people feedback, both positive and negative. And the awesome thing about that is not only the positive, did you reaffirm things that they're doing great and their skill sets that they have, but on the negative side, the constructive side, a lot of times they said, I didn't even know I do that. Or thanks, I wonder if my team notices too. You're making them better. And not that they even needed to be better, but even I've been called out constructively uh, about my presentations and how sometimes I ramble or my gestures are so extreme that they can be distracting. And that was so helpful for me to, because some people are more left brain than right brain and they, all that visual is distracting to them. And some people are more structured and trying to understand the topic. And so when I skip around, they don't understand the information or the knowledge I'm trying to present. So helpful. And I wouldn't have been able to improve upon that unless someone gave me some feedback. So my goal to you is this week when you're listening to this podcast, I want you to practice feedback on the clean side. So this is the support of the reinforcement of good. This is That part's going to be easy for you. But also the constructive negative feedback. Clean. Keep it very factual. To the point how you're going to support them. Focus on the end outcome, not the path to get there. That's for them to figure out.
and you to support. How are you going to stay away from the dirty feedback, the sarcasm, the personal abuse? How are you going to also support others that are trying to give feedback and you see them in the dirty side of feedback? Catch it early. Train others. I want you to practice and hit up at least three people with positive or negative feedback this week and see how it feels after the third. You'll see that this impactful tool isn't as scary as it looks and you can avoid big performance issues like terminations if you can give good consistent feedback. If you want to learn more, I hope that we can connect on a coaching call or the Leading with Intent Academy. And if you struggle with questions, I want you to grab up the questions to empower online course on my website, an impactful tool to move from micromanager to coach. See you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the follow button so you don't miss out on all we have to sort out yet. Share this podcast with others to bring leaders clarity to this crazy, fast-paced world we live in today. Make an impact, lead from within, and you can't go wrong.